0: Definitely after doing that for a couple of years, I thought there's gotta be a better way. Um, not that what I'm doing is bad. I just don't think it's gonna get me where I wanna go at the pace mm-hmm. that I wanna go. Mm-hmm. And so let me see what else is out there. And that's where I really came to discover multifamily investing. I could use a lot of the skills and some of the systems and processes I'd already traded on my personal portfolio and scale those up into much bigger properties, partnering with people, you know, finding teams of people that are experienced and capable of running these properties together, we could create a big impact for ourselves financially for the investors that we work with, as well as the communities.
1: Welcome to the threefold real estate investing podcast. Welcome back, three full listeners. I hope you're having a great week this week. It's finally warming up here in Ohio. I hope it's warming up out in Peoria, Illinois as well, where uh, Rochelle McCoy is joining us from today. Uh, she's a uh, multifamily investor, getting the multifamily, um, still working the full-time W-2. Um, a little bit about her and then we'll bring her in. Uh, she's been investing since 2017, currently controls over $6 million worth of real estate assets in Illinois and way down in Florida, Her portfolio began with single family and small multifamily properties, which she forced a lot of appreciation, doubled the NOI in three short years. But now she's focused on large multifamily investing, both as a limited partner, as an LP, and as a general partner, as a GP, and uh, nearly 300 units now. She continues to lead a successful 20-plus year business career, focused on building and uh, executive strategic marketing plans things like that. In her spare time, if there is such thing, she's a mother of three very energetic boys. She's a wife and dedica- uh, dedicated advocate for St. Jude's Children's uh, Research Hospital and the St. Jude Runs organization, helping fundraise over 135000 since 2011. That might be the, uh, the coolest accomplishment, so I want to hit on that later. But uh, Rochelle, first of all, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us today.
0: Thanks, Lee, for having me. I really appreciate it. yes, it is finally warming up here in Illinois. So
1: Yeah, good. Good good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> Spring has finally shown up. Um, well, Rochelle, take us back, if you don't mind. Um, what got you interested in real estate in the first place? And then, you know, a little bit about how you got started.
0: My husband and I have always we've been married for twenty-three, going on twenty-four years, and we've always had an interest in real estate. It's something we've always talked about, but we never took action for many, many, mm. many years. We're like, Yeah, we should buy some rentals and and do this or do that. And we never actually did anything about it. So About five years ago, I was in a situation with my job where, um, and I've had a very fulfilling, rewarding career with my employer, but I was in a position where my job was suddenly eliminated with really Mm -hmm. no notice. Um, thankfully I was moved right into another job, so I was never unemployed, but it was a huge wake up call for me. Um, and, and one that finally sprung us into action. Um, my thought process at the time was okay, well, if the next time my job is cut, it, you know, if I truly am unemployed, if, if I'm yeah. the breadwinner of the family and I suddenly have no income coming in, what am I going to do? And what's my backup plan? And so that's when I started really looking into real estate. Um, like I said, we talked about it for a long time, but I've never really done the research to figure out what do we want to do with real estate? Because obviously it's a, it's a very big realm, as you know. Sure. And there's yeah. so much you can do. So we've never really done the due diligence or the research to look into it. So we started doing that. I spent probably a good year just researching, learning, trying to figure out where I wanted to start, what was the best path for us. And finally, we started to dig in doing some small multifamilies. So we bought a fourplex that led to the acquisition of two more fourplexes conveniently on the same street. It's always wonderful when they're close together, makes them easier to manage. Um, And since then have purchased a couple other um, condo single family homes. And now we've converted some of our long-term rentals in those existing properties into some uh, short-term and mid-term rentals. Mm -hmm. And then we just did our first rent to own. So we've got a a, quite a variety of um, strategies going on with real estate that have all, all of them have served us very well.
1: Is that all local stuff? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: Yes. They are all local to, to where we're at in central Illinois. And
1: and real quick, I want to continue your story too, but like, um, did did you guys have other people in real estate? You, You and your husband were always interested. Why? Like what, what initially sparked it? You just had heard about it somewhere or did you guys know people that were doing it?
0: I think just hearing about it from friends and family. Um, okay. My parents actually used to own some duplexes when I was okay. so very, yeah, very little, little, very young. Okay. Um, and they they actually kind of soured me on it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they, they managed real estate back in the day when it was everything was DIY. Right. There was no. Yeah. Um, no electronic systems to screen tenants. No yep. way to get payments other than go knocking on yeah, the good point. door That's a good and parent you know, excuses as to why rent's late this month. And so, yep. so my parents were were they thought I was nuts. Right. Yeah. When I told them I was getting into real estate. They're like, "Why do you want that hassle?" You know, <laughs> for them, yeah. it was just makes um, sense. It was just too much work that they they didn't want to manage. So, um, so that was one of the reasons we didn't initially jump into it. But um, yeah. I mean, the more you learn and the more you open your mind to new possibilities and see what other people are doing, how people have been successful in real estate, um, it. it really makes you know, makes you understand that it's possible.
1: Yeah. The networking is so important, but then yeah, then your network changed or or you just expanded. So it's not just your parents that you have to look at to say, well, that's the way you do real estate. And it kind of sucked in some ways. And now your network's bigger and you see people that, well, they're doing it completely different than my parents are. And it seems like it's, it's a really good thing. So uh, just the power of networking there and how important that is. So you, you built a small portfolio um, kind of in your own area, you know, some small multis, some, some condos, some stuff like that, doing some short-term rentals, doing some uh, rent to own stuff like that. You guys are managing that yourself?
0: We are. Yeah. Okay. Which I know is uh, sometimes the no-no in the, in the world of real estate, it's always best to manage out, but we actually have a, um, a live-in property manager. I mentioned that we have three complexes on one street and uh, we have a live-in property manager. So
1: maybe just kind of tell us about uh, your next phase of of your investing journey.
0: Sure. Yeah. So after doing the small multifamily stuff for a couple of years, you know, at the end of each year, I'd go through and, you know, look at my, my books and my profit loss statements. And I'm like, Hmm, if I, (laughs) and let me, let me back up a little bit and say that over the course of those few years, my vision started to shift from using Mm. real estate as a backup plan to, I think I could grow this into a business and make Mm. it something where maybe I could eventually leave my job and just do this full time because I was really enjoying it. Um, And so, so my vision changed over the course of those years. And, you know, each year I'd look at my books at the end and and my profit and loss and I'd be like, well, so many people are making money in real estate and I'm just, I'm barely getting by. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, especially in the single family space and a little bit in the small multi- but one vacancy is is massive to yeah, you know, cut right. your cash flow. Yep. And definitely after doing that for a couple of years, I thought there's got to be a better way. Um, not that what I'm doing is bad. I just don't think it's going to get me where I want to go at the pace mm-hmm. that I want to go. Mm-hmm. And so let me see what else is out there. And that's where I really came to discover multifamily investing. I could use a lot of the skills and some of the systems and processes I'd already created on my personal portfolio and scale those up into much bigger properties, partnering with people, you know, finding teams of people that are experienced and capable of running these properties together, we could create a big impact for ourselves financially, for the investors that we work with, as well as the communities that we're serving, right? right? Because we're improving housing conditions, we're um, updating and upgrading units and and curb appeal and just making these nice communities where people actually want to live instead of where people have to live, right? So.
1: Right. So it's it's no, just a good,
0: good thing all around.
1: You know, I I started with some small multifamilies, you know, similar to you, um, you know, doing pretty well. But I, I felt like I got to a point and I said, either I want to just own a small portfolio in my hometown and manage them myself and just build a small portfolio. And, you know, there's a there's a much lower ceiling there, but you don't have to own that much if you kind of own it yourself. Maybe maybe one other money partner, uh, but you own a lot of it yourself and you manage it yourself. You can have a really nice life with. I mean, definitely under 100 units. Um, maybe maybe you get to, if you get to 100 units by yourself. I think you're doing really really well. But there's a ceiling there, and it's not really. You're not running a, a, a big business. You just have a portfolio, or you go in another direction and say, "I want to go bigger. I want to build a business. I want to do a a part. I'm going to have a part in that business, but I'm going to have partners. It's going to be a team, and I really want to build a business. And that I think that's bigger multifamily, and and you can build a business. And it sounds like for you, Rochelle, you, you definitely said. I, I want to build a business. I, I want to have a part, you know, you're, you're a businesswoman, You've You've had a very successful career. And then you started saying, well, maybe I could go and have a, a second successful career kind of doing it more myself, but you wanted it to be a business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely wanted to grow and scale and, and be more than just the the solopreneur, like you mm-hmm. said. Um, and fortunately for me, I had a lot of that experience through my day job managing yeah. a lot of complicated projects, a lot of big um, events. I've been in marketing for 20 years.
1: Yeah. And, and I would say just entrepreneurship in general. I think that, that's what it comes down to is managing a lot of pieces, you know, kind of seeing the big picture, seeing all the things that need done and then managing that. You can't do it all yourself, but kind of managing that. That's what asset management is especially, um, the bigger multifamily, because there are going to be more people, you're going to have people on site, you know, you're going to have a property management company, whether it's your own or, or, um, a third party one and you're just managing a lot. And so, yeah, with, with your experience and success doing that, um, in, in your business career, then you're ever to transfer that. So let's talk about one deal that you guys did. You guys got a 40 unit way down in, in, in Tampa, um, you know, on the other side of the country from where you're at there in Illinois. Um, Let's talk about how 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 that's gone, Rochelle. But but specifically, how have you used your skills um, as a businesswoman and been able to implement, you know, some of the processes and procedures and kind of the back end stuff to allow you to operate from across the country?
0: Yeah, so it's it's been a fun ride, and mm-hmm. you know, with any new expansion of your business comes a lot of things that you learn along the way. But again, as long as you're taking those as lessons and um, turning them into skills that you can then apply to other aspects of your business or to future projects, right. it's, it's all for the greater good, right? So. Um, and we've definitely done that on this tampa project um overall it's going really really well but it's it's had its uh its challenges just like any other project yep. um when we first took over in uh very early 2022 um we had a lot of residents immediately decide that they would just see if we were really serious about making them pay rent <laughs> so <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> might as well someone. might as well test the waters might as well try it out Right,
0: right let's Let's just see if they're really serious about this. Yeah. Um. So the first po- couple of months, honestly, were nail biters, right? Just making sure that we were getting enough revenue coming in to cover the mortgage payments and the bills and and all of that. Um. And it probably took, I would say, you know, a couple months to to really get people comfortable with the fact that we were a new t- a, a new management entity, mm-hmm. a new property management company, which they weren't accustomed to before. We bought a, a mom and pop, uh, Got owned it. property, and so it, it was uh, managed quite poorly. I'll add. Um, by, by they the were managing it itself.
1: themselves and you guys brought in a professional property management company. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So Yeah. Yep. So
0: this was just kind of a whole new realm, I think for the oh, residents yeah. living there. Sure. Um, and so, so lots of change management that had to go on with us, you know, being a, a new partnership group, uh, working with a property management company we had, but also these residents being whole, new essentially to this concept of somebody that's really going to really going to manage the property and manage it well. So lots of change over there, but over the course of, you know, the first year we got in and we started basically working through our business plan. We updated the outsides, we started renovating the interiors and residents really came to see in within the first couple of months that like we were serious about making this a very nice place to live and a place that they would want to stay. Um, And so we've had some tenants that have stuck with us throughout Um, and are more than happy to to you know take a rent increase based on the the you know new things that we've added to yeah. the property and, yeah. and the new amenities that we have put in. They're more than happy to to pay that bit of extra for that added value there. Um, but you, of course, you're going to have some uh, some residents that decide not to do that, and um, right. then it's a good opportunity then to find people that are willing to yeah, yeah. Um, to take good care of the place, to pay their rent on time, and and uh, kind of give back to the community the right. way
1: that we are that's, trying to. As yeah. Well. That's what so. I, that's what I love about doing the CapEx, the big CapEx stuff up front, Rochelle, because yeah, the residents, they, they get the sense, well, Okay, this ownership group, yeah, they're asking me to pay higher rent, but it's not all take and no give. Like they're also, they're, I mean, they know, they know what stuff costs. Like they're putting a lot of money into this property. So how are you back to kind of some of your business experience, Rochelle? How are you managing that? That's a lot to take on the capex projects, but also unit renovations, people moving out, so we got to move people in. How are you? How are you managing that? What are some of the systems you're putting in place? to manage your manager, manage that third-party property management company very well. What are some things you're doing there?
0: To get really into a specific example, yeah. um, one of the tools that our team's been using is this software called Airtable.
1: Okay. Um, it's heard got it. some yeah. project
0: management capabilities in there. Yeah. it's it's, um, it's got some Kanban style of boards. If you've heard of like uh, Asana or Monday.com, mm-hmm. it's got some similar mm-hmm. capabilities to those, but it, it even goes a little more broadly in how you can plan and manage um, a lot of information in one space in this software. So we, we've had a fun time with it. Um, but basically what we do is all the data that we are working on with our units, our tenants, our rent rolls, we we capture all of this in the software called Airtable and it helps us to manage kind of the day-to-day operations. So for example, um, our unit renovations, I uploaded a rent roll into Airtable and then we um, put in automations to notify us when tenants were tenants leases were expiring. So nice. when they were 30, yep. 60, 90 days love from that. expiration, we'd get a notification on that. And then we start planning the unit turn for that. Yep. And then we have a multi-phase approach as it's going through its renovation process. What are the the different checkpoints we need to have? Making sure that you know we're ordering the materials when they need to get ordered, making sure we're getting the appliances right towards the end when we're getting ready to um, wrap it up and getting the, the unit cleaned, uh, making sure yeah, we're getting all the it. bills paid. And so we can track all of that in the system to make sure that we're not kind of dropping any of the balls, right? Because yeah. as you know, it's, it's a constant juggling act of you've got multiple units that are being renovated at a time, trying to keep it all straight. Um, these, these units oh, have a lot. letters and numbers. So it's tra- <laughs> yes. transpose the letters and the numbers on different units. And, and so having this, this nice visual software really helps us keep track and anybody on the team can go see, in see, yeah. time, and see everybody's status. looking at the
1: and same thing. thing. So yeah.
0: It, yeah. If someone's traveling or someone's out sick, they can just go check the, um, the boards and the tables that we've created and see kind of where everything's at. So that's been a really transformative way for us to manage. Um, and then as we're looking at, uh, going forward and acquiring new properties, we've used similar tools for um, doing the due diligence. So uh, okay. we're in the process yeah. of walking a, a, a much larger apartment complex in the Midwest, and we've used some of these tools to um, to walk every unit, note the condition of all of the different elements inside of the property, whether that mm-hmm. be the flooring, the mm-hmm. walls, the um, you know the the fixtures all of that stuff in on a room by room basis, right? Not just how do the floors look in the whole apartment? How do the floors look in the kitchen? How are they in the living room? What about the bedrooms? And so we log all of that in a form as we're walking through the unit, that information gets exported into uh, a Google sheet. And then we take that and create pivot tables um, and different graphs and charts to show us, okay, of all of these units at the property, here's how many are gonna need complete repair and replacement of the flooring. Here's how many are just going to need um, a quick paint job, or some that maybe just need some lighter aesthetics or or new right. fixtures to kind of brighten them up, versus those that are uh, have already been renovated. So, yeah, coming out of that due diligence trip, um, having all of that data at our fingertips really helps us hone oh, back so in good. on our underwriting and making sure that our capex numbers are where they need to be. So,
1: so yeah, yeah, there's so many
0: great tools out there, and you really got to take advantage of them.
1: Man, you really do because I, I we we do all that when we're. Uh, walking properties and we do it on paper and then I make my wife enter it into excel so she's she's going to like that idea you know if we can just do it and it goes right into excel it goes right into a spreadsheet uh yeah why would we not do that so thanks for that tip Rochelle um i i, I love uh I love what the way you guys are using Airtable with your property management company cuz for two reasons one uh it, it's notifying you so you know for you to think like oh i'm just and and we've done this like Oh, we're gonna get on every week and and see you know which leases are coming due. Like you can you can form something around that, but man, if, if the computer tells you, uh, that's even better. Mm-hmm. So it's it's notifying you instead of you know you having to check on it. But then I love that you know everybody can see it and and you know well everybody got the ding that the lease is now you know they're now what two months away from their lease being up. So mm-hmm. everybody knows that the on site girl or whatever she needs to send a lease renewal and. So we're all seeing that she hasn't checked that box that she's done that. And so everybody's going, Hey, Melissa, why haven't you done that? Right. And then, but when she does that, then it's on Rochelle to, you know, call um, uh, the unit turn guy, you know, Ron, um, Hey, you know, we we need a quote for this unit, you know? And and so if you haven't done that, everybody knows Rochelle, you're not doing this. Like, you know, we're we're two months away. This resident told us they're moving out. Right. And so, yeah, I I love that. People can see that accountability. Everybody knows everybody sees where it's at. Uh, It's really good stuff. I can see, Again, what what I was telling you before, Rochelle, is I've seen sometimes people that manage from afar do it better because they're forced to put in these systems and 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 processes like Mm -hmm. you've done. Um, Whereas if if you're doing it next door, you you might just pass on stuff like that because it's like ah, we're we're kind of doing it mom and pop, right? We'll do it ourselves. Uh, And you guys have been kind of forced to do that, but you're probably. I mean, I I think you're better for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, you're right. It it really does because I've done it both ways, as we just discussed. I got the local stuff here, and it's easy just to you know ten minute drive, just run over the property and put your eyes on things and check on it. Yeah. Um, and you still need the people to do that when you're long-distance well, sure. investing, yep. right? You oh, still sure. need those boots on the ground. Those people are critical to make sure that you know your contractor is doing what he says he's doing and that your property manager is doing what they should be doing. Um, it's oh, always yeah. good to have those people local to the area to check on things. There's, there's definitely no replacement for that. But like yep. you said, when you're long-distance investing, it really forces you to look at um, every every opportunity and every problem in a different way. And how can I manage this better mm-hmm. from afar without having to travel down there constantly to, to check on things
1: um, yeah. in person? Oh yeah, I love it. It's really good stuff. Um, yeah, the boots on the ground. I was just thinking like, if Ron was supposed to send you pictures of the unit, he just turned... He could take pictures of a different unit, that's <laughs> right? So you do need the people on the ground sometimes and go, oh, yeah, this is really happening like we think it is, Rochelle. So that, yeah, really good. Um, well, this has been really good stuff. Um, like I said, definitely, uh, I've already learned a couple of things that we're going to implement when my wife is uh, editing this podcast. She's going to, you know, kick me in the butt and tell me we, we need to get um, that for when we're uh, walking units because we're, we're doing some of that right now. And again, we're doing it on paper so that, and then she gets centered. So uh, really good stuff, Rochelle. Appreciate that. Hey, Threefold listeners, just want to take a quick second here to promote our sponsor, a company that I'm a big fan of, I've done a lot of business, I'm a very happy customer of Prominent Title Agency. They are a full service title and escrow company, licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, Tennessee, Michigan, and Florida. They handle commercial transactions of all types and sizes, including multifamily, retail, industrial hotels, medical buildings, restaurants, gas stations, golf courses. They are very experienced and efficient in handling large portfolios, including multiple properties, and or multi-states as well as entity transfers in Ohio. My guy over there is Rob Calabrese. Uh, he is the division director uh, for prominent title agency's commercial real estate division. Uh, being a licensed attorney and title agent in Ohio and Kentucky, Rob has strong knowledge of the complex world of commercial real estate. Uh, he also offers offers legal services in all aspects of commercial real estate. Uh, guys, I, I, I've worked with Rob a lot. I'm, you know, we, we're getting a deal under contract now and, and I, Told the broker, I said, Man, I really want to work with Prominent Title. Just trust those guys over there. Uh, they, they're great, they're quick. Love working with those guys. Now, back to the show. Hey, I always like to ask my guests, um, what would you say now in, in your experience? You know, small multis getting into some bigger multis. Uh, sounds like you're getting into some really good multis here in the Midwest. Uh, we're trying to do that as well. What would you say is a key ingredient to being a successful real estate investor?
0: So, I think it really comes down to consistent action. Just mm, yeah. taking one step forward day after day after day. The path is not laid out for you, right? You can, you can read books and you can you know get on the blogs and the forums and all this stuff and, and network with people and learn stuff. But you're really going to learn by getting your hands dirty yep. and getting in and doing the work. And that takes a lot of consistent action day after day after day to just keep moving yourself forward in your journey, no matter where that takes you. And sometimes it takes yeah. you in a completely different path than what you expected, which is fun and exciting. Um, which is, you know, I, I've always done this with my, my career overall. It's like, you want goals and aspirations, but I don't want such a tightly knit career path that if I stray for that, for some reason, like it's going to stress me out. Right. Yeah. Because I want to ebb and flow and go where the yeah. opportunities are and sure. you know, what feels right in my heart and my mind at the time, or, um, you know, what comes as a recommendation from a colleague for something I should explore. All of those are wonderful opportunities that I'd love to take advantage of. And so. I intentionally like to not be super rigid when it comes to those things, and multifamily yeah, is the same way, right? Oh sure, yeah. I never would have guessed a couple of years ago that I'd be doing what I'm doing now, but it was because I opened my heart and my mind to those opportunities, and they presented themselves, and yeah. I kept taking oh, action to make it happen day after day.
1: Yeah, consistent action. But the great thing, Rochelle, is it doesn't have to be like huge steps. If you're consistent and you're taking steps each day, it just sometimes it's all these little things that j- just really add up and have a compounding effect. If you do it, but it, man, the consistency, it's, it's hard to do that. Sometimes people do want to do that. Well, I want to do something big and great today. Like I'm going to go to this big conference and that feels like a huge step. But then if you don't take any steps the next month, you what have you really gained? Like, you know, you gained some some relationships and did learn, but you didn't take the consistent action to, you know, to turn that into something. So man, couldn't agree more. Well, um, Rochelle, I know you're a, a, a mom of three, a wife. Um, what are you doing or, or what would you say is a key ingredient for you guys, for you to, have success, you know, as, as a wife, as a mom outside of real estate, but while, you know, you're busy, you're, you're trying to, you know, build this, this real estate um, business while you're still in your normal business. So maybe what's a key ingredient or something that you're doing to make sure you're having success where, where it really matters uh, for your life. Balance. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's such a, it's such a simple concept, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's so hard to actually put into practice, Oh
1: yeah. but oh, my really
0: making sure that I make sure People ask me all the time, like, how do you do everything that you do? And it's like, I have very definitive time blocks of my day that I work on certain things, right? I get up in the morning yeah, and I have time blocking. set aside for working out and for working on my real estate business. I also have time set aside for working with the um, the St. Jude charities that I work with, um, you know, at least a couple of times a month, depending on, you know, what season of the year and, and when our, we've got big events coming up. Um, obviously all of those things have to ebb and flow a little bit, So sure. setting that assignment, that time aside and being very intentional about sticking to those time blocks is yep. really, really important. And then knowing when to shut it off, which is probably the hardest thing, right? Yeah. I think yeah. putting time on your calendars and saying, I'm going to do this is fine, but stopping <laughs> when the time is over so you can go focus on your family or, you know, spend that time with your kids that they so desperately need from their parents. Um, you have to be able to do that too. So that you can really can balance it out, and you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. You're not going to build your your real estate or whatever business empire yeah, you're working on in yeah. day either, sure. right? But you just have to you got to keep moving day after day, and I know those results are going to come.
1: Yeah, and like I say, sometimes just turn it off, and and we'll continue building Rome again tomorrow. It'll be there when right. we wake up tomorrow, right? So let's turn it off. Let's because. Right. And I know you said in the right up, like your kids won't always be there tomorrow. I mean, you know, hopefully they're, they're always you know somewhere, uh, but but. They're not going to be in your home uh, anymore, and, and so that that goes so fast, um, as 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 you've seen. Um, I would love to just uh, hear a little bit more, um, Rochelle, and maybe maybe part of it is is telling us where we can go to find out more. But can you tell us a little bit more about what you do with St. Jude's? I I love that that organization, uh, so I'd love to hear about what you're doing and, and how maybe we might uh, you know get involved.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So St. Jude runs is very very dear near and dear to my heart. Um, my family and I have been working with the St. Jude runs organization for probably. 35 years or so, roughly, um, yeah. started with my sister, who was one of the first people in the family to get involved. She started running um, the Memphis to Peoria Run. So if, if our listeners aren't familiar, let me, I'll just explain quickly about the St. Jude Runs organization. So 40 years ago, one crazy person had this idea that they wanted to run from the main St. Jude hospital in Memphis, Tennessee, to the affiliate hospital in Peoria, Illinois, which is super mm. close to where I live. Um, and, How and far did. is that? They didn't realize style. It's oh, two hundred over two hundred and fifty miles. Okay. Yeah, but you do realize wow. so you're not running yeah. the whole time. Um, and so, over the course of, of a few years, other cities decided that they wanted to start a run to join the Memphis uh, Memphis runners as they were coming into Peoria at the same time. And so, fast forward forty years, there's now thirty five cities that all descend into Peoria on a Saturday in October, and that kicks off the local St. Jude telethon. And so with the St. Jude mm-hmm. runs mm-hmm. and the St. Jude telethon locally, we raised between 10 and $11 million for St. Jude oh, over the course amazing. of that weekend. It's just wow. it's phenomenal.
1: So each year you so, do that, each yeah. time. Wow.
0: Yes. That's yep. awesome. So I've, I personally have been involved for the past 11 years, um, started off as a runner. Now I'm a, a captain of one of the teams that runs in the Peoria oh, cool. and I'm also the treasurer for that, um, that run as well. So just keep, getting a little more involved, um, over oh, the years, so but cool. yeah, if anybody, um, listening is, has any level of interest in running has, um, even if you're not a big time runner, you do have to to be a runner to participate. But even if you just want to, um, learn about the, the run overall, um, reach out to me and I'd be more than happy to share kind of what it does. Or if you're not a runner, I totally get it. There's a lot of people that are not, but want to donate money to, um, the organization. I'd be happy to, to give them awesome. for that
1: as well. Okay, great. That leads me to, we'll send people to invest titanium, Titanium invest titanium.com. We'll put that in the show notes. I know you're active on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. We'll put all those handles in the show notes, but yeah. So people can just reach out to you, um, obviously to invest with you, to learn more about investing what you're doing, but then if they want to learn about St. Jude's runs, they can, you know, reach out to you as well. Uh, Rochelle, before I let you go, I always like to ask my guests, um, uh, how might my listeners and I be praying for you in the coming weeks?
0: Um, so I'm getting into a really busy season of life. I, mm-hmm. I find that all seasons are busy at some point in time, but yeah. we've got a big acquisition coming up. And then, um, so that'll be happening over the next couple of months. And then it comes into my busy season for St. Jude as well. So oh, we've got wow. some, yeah. um, fundraisers that we do. And then the big run that is in uh, it's not till August, but leading up to it, the, the three, four months leading up to a really good, oh, sure. a lot of, um, a lot of activity and a lot of information and uh, planning and coordination and that type of thing. So Prayers are always needed for sanity, oh, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. Just I'm sure. sure
0: you can get it done. And oh my goodness. All those yeah. A lot of people, you know, kind of um, uh, relying on you to get oh, those yeah. things done. So I would say that um, and that I can continue to be intentional with my family and, and spending mm. the time with them um, that they deserve to have for me as well
1: during this. busy. Season. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Great prayer. We shall be happy to pray. For that, alongside you, uh, we we all need those prayers. So yeah, be happy to pray for that. Um, great. Well, Rochelle, thanks again for coming. Uh, this has been great. Uh, I you know I, I learned a lot. I'm sure my listeners did as well. Um, you know the the importance of having uh, processes and procedures uh, for everybody, but you know and you're kind of forced into it when you do it long distance. But we all need to do that. So thanks for sharing. I mean, even got very detailed with some of the um, you know uh, software that you use that helps. It's really good stuff. Um, and love hearing about St. Jude's and what you're doing and you know how you're balancing it all uh, with, with the family and all that. So thanks so much for coming on. It's been a real joy to have you.
0: Thanks, Leah. I appreciate it. it
1: fun. Thank you for joining us for another great episode. I hope you'll take action on what you've learned today. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving Lee a five-star rating and review. And check him out on threefoldrei.com. Until next time, 1 Timothy 617.